Welcome back to the Dental Bright Bites podcast. Today, I have Jason Owens, franchise owner in Los Angeles of DDS Match. I'm so excited to have Jason on today because Jason is actually a close personal friend of mine. I had the pleasure of working with him at Patterson Dental. Uh, He was the local Los Angeles branch manager and also um, worked with me directly on equipment. He was my equipment specialist. So Jason and I go back and loved working with him. He is someone who totally has the same belief systems as me as far as caring about the customer and making sure that, uh, you know, we're doing everything to help our customers grow and achieve their goals. So can't say enough great things about Jason. He brings over 14 years of experience uh, to the dental industry and to this interview. So he recently went out on his own venture uh, and bought the DDS Match franchise for Los Angeles. So if you don't know what DDS Match is, it is a practice transitions and practice brokerage firm that helps doctors kind of go about selling their practice the right way. They represent the sellers, not the buyers, and they really help doctors plan for that vision of selling their practice and doing it in a way that benefits them and gets them um, on the right feet when it comes to retirement. So really excited to dive into this topic. I know that it's a topic that a lot of people don't really think much about, and it's something that when I bring up with clients, they don't always have a plan in place. So hopefully this information today will at least get you thinking, even if your retirement plans are very far off. I know a lot of my listeners are on the younger side. Um, So if that's you, totally cool, but I think you'll still get some great tips out of today. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. We're going to be talking about the right way to go about selling your practice. And obviously, Jason, you're an expert in this, uh, working for DDS Match. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your process um, because I think a lot of people, they don't know how to approach it until that day actually comes. So let's talk about that. Sure, Sarah. Um, you know, the, the, the whole process that DDS Match has put together is fantastic. It's called the Trusted Transition Process. But really what it comes down to is it all starts with a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's about having a conversation with me or with their Patterson rep or somebody and just finding out what the best path is to um, their goals and creating a vision. I've always been a strong supporter of, of vision plans and creating vision in what you do. And so it's about creating you know, your exit strategy two years, three years, five years, 10 years in advance to decide how you're going to go about it. But once you get to the point where a doctor's decided that they want to sell, uh, that's when I really come into play and I can really help them. I'm more than happy to help them early on and talk about what their plans are. But when they've kind of gotten to a point where they've said, hey, you know what, I think it's time. Um, This is when our processes come into play. And um, we have something called the seven-step trusted transition process. And I bought into this franchise specifically because of the belief mechanisms. And what I feel is, is... a little bit of a disservice in the brokerage market right now where there's a lot of dual agency and dual representation going on. And we really want to be clear on our- What does that mean, dual agency and dual representation? Yeah. So basically what that means is that a lot of brokers feel that they can get the deals done faster if Mm -hmm. they're representing both the buyer and the seller. And 
nobody is really best served in that type of environment. Um, we truly feel that that both buyers and sellers need to surround themselves with a team, a support mechanism, and those teams consist of an attorney, a CPA, and in my case, a dental broker on the on the seller side. But I'm more than happy to have conversations with buyers to help them in their process and putting their teams together. But I do not represent buyers that are coming to our sellers. Um, I only represent sellers. So basically, my my intent is 100% clear. So you never represent a buyer? No, but we help them build a team that will represent a buyer. So a team that consists of the right CPA, right attorney, right consultant um, that helps them through a process. And we're all about transparency in our process. How often do you find that people have an exit strategy in place and that when they're coming to you, they have been prepared and they know how they want to go about it? Yeah. Most times, Sarah, I'd say that, you know, it's my experience in building a dental practice. Usually a dentist will build one, maybe two dental practices through their career, Mm -hmm. but typically they're only going to sell their dental practice once. And it's a very delicate process and it's, it's their legacy that they're leaving behind. They're not, they're not selling a, 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 it is a tangible asset, but what they're really selling is their legacy. And so that's why it's a really important piece that I have that respect and understand, um, that I need to take that into account every step of the way. So it's about the doctor having control and having a process to go step by step to exit. So I'd say most of the time they don't have a plan, an overall plan. They kind of have a date in mind or an age in mind, but it always kind of gets pushed off. And a lot of doctors are like, yeah, I think I'm two to three years away. Um, And they say that for years and years and years. Yeah. So I don't think that it's common that, that a doctor has a plan and that's where I'd love to help. Yeah. And, you know, I think the sad part of that story is a lot of times people will say two to three, two to five years for, for a while, like you said, and uh, it takes sometimes health problems or something catastrophic happening in their lives for them to uh, actually choose to put a plan in place and begin that exit. And in a lot of cases, that's too late. And, you know, I, I saw this happen a few months ago with one of my customers um, and they kind of get screwed a little bit in that transition because there, there is no plan in place. Um, how often do you find that people are selling their practice as opposed to uh, maybe transitioning it to a associate or other avenues? Well, you know, that really depends on the health of the practice. I mean, the hardest thing to do is to support an associate when there's not a production, enough production happening for a single practitioner. Right, where they're trying to grow their practice and grow their uh, their business, and in that growth, they've not planned enough to basically bring truly bring on an associate to employ them full time. If that makes sense, so it's a lot of times you know you discuss the health issue, and I'll tell you my biggest challenge is you know how to go to somebody with my hands out to help, right? Not not hands out for something for myself, but to truly help them, and it's always an awkward call when you know that somebody's having to make the decision because they've gotten to a point where it is health related. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm challenged myself on how to approach a doctor in that case. And I've made the calls and it's always, you know, just being very careful in the way that I present myself just to let them know that I'm there for them yeah. and to help them by answering questions. So sometimes the conversation is forced, but if we can at least have conversations early on, Um, I can help doctors create milestones, decide when it's right for an associate, decide, you know, when it's right to sell and help them basically reach their goals. That's my whole intent. 
in well, what I do. Here- Here's some sad statistics that I was reading about this morning. You know, most doctors think that their practice will sell for 80 to 90% of production. Uh, and we know that in most cases, it's really in the 60 to 70% of production that offices will sell for. Uh, and within that, you have to think about all of the, the fees that are associated with the sale, um, you know, such as lawyer fees, brokerage fees, even taxes, especially in California. And so when everything's said and done, a lot of doctors depend on their retirement plan to be the sale of their practice. And, um, you know, statistically speaking, once doctors retire, they actually start spending more money than when they were working. Um, so, you know, the sale of the practice, once it's all said and done and, and they get everything, uh, you get to the bottom line of what they actually get to take home from it. It's not as much as most people expect, number one. And number two, it doesn't last very long. So, you know, part of the problem is when you have no retirement plan and you haven't been talking to someone to figure out, this is how I want to do it. And this is what I'm going to plan for. And this is how I'm going to treat my practice for the next couple of years or however many years to grow the production so I can, um, you know, sell it for more or, you know, have a better experience selling it. You, you end up being a retired doctor that three years in your, into your retirement, you've run out of money and now what? Um, So this is why we need to have this conversation. Um, So what is your process like when you come across someone that says, okay, you know, I have, I I don't have a plan, but I'm ready to go. What does that look like? I'm taking one step back for a quick second because it actually starts with the right financial advisor, right? Yeah. And the, the, the practice needs to be a part of the retirement plan for sure. Mm -hmm. But for it to be the sole component of the, the, the retirement plan, that's where the issue becomes apparent. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it is definitely, it's a huge asset for a doctor, but it can't be the only asset. So one of the things that we do very early on, we actually have a company called HKFS, um, mm-hmm. which basically is a consulting firm for financial advice. And we have a program that basically for the lead to ownership or the lead to exiting a path, we introduce them to this particular group. And they'll do an evaluation for the selling doctor and for, you know, basically few potential for a buying doctor too, and become part of the team to say, okay, you're prepared to basically retire based upon what you have. These milestones have to happen. Um, so everything's about a step process with DDS match. And that's one of our initial steps, which is having a conversation with a financial advisor, if you don't have one already, and determine what an estimate of your practice might be into that retirement portfolio. Um, but really understanding, you know, how much you're relying on the sale of that practice for your health in retirement, if that makes sense. Um, and then onto the process. So the process that really sets us apart, the trusted transition process um, starts with creating that vision, right? So it, it all starts with the conversation. It starts with creating the vision. Um, it starts with a strategic outreach. So, so finding out people that are um, the right connections for that particular doctor. And then most importantly is our trusted valuation analysis. So we use a company called Blue and Company to create a third party valuation for any of our sellers. So um, this is one of the things that truly separates us. We like to get all the data up front. So instead of waiting until, you know, a doctor lists a practice with the, the traditional broker, they do quote unquote an in-house appraisal, they put the, the, the practice on the market at a certain dollar value, and then unfortunately that gets negotiated down significantly because there's not a lot of facts and data supporting the price that they put it in the market for. 
it was mm -hmm. pretty much just a handshake deal. Yeah, doctor will basically get that dollar amount for you. Mm -hmm. Doctor seems happy with that. Like you said, the uh, a number that may not be realistic for their practice. The negotiation starts, you're three, four months down the road. The seller's really need to sell. The, the, the seller's frustrated with the process. And he finally accepts, you know, 60 or 70% of what he thought he was going to get initially. And this is where the real challenges kind of bear their head. And what we like to do is, you know, through the trusted transition process and the blue and company valuation, third party, top 59 accounting firm in the U S um, they, they really know what they're doing when it comes to dental practices. Um, they work with hospitals, they work with medical, they're strictly in the medical arena. They have an entire dental division. So the doctor gets a very robust valuation of their practices, an 85 page report that we gather all the information first. So by the time a buyer signs a letter of intent, we've already established a majority of the due diligence that they do after the letter of intent in most processes. And then we get to the doctor to a point where they, you know, find that right person. We also work with Charles Blair to find opportunities within the practice, because as you said, um, the insurance codes and, you know, what they're collecting, it's all about opportunity for the new buyer. Charles um, Blair is great. Yeah, he, and he does, I don't know if you've seen his, his, uh, his analysis that he does. Oh yeah. But that's one, it, it's fantastic. And yeah. his percentiles, and one of my favorite Charles Blairisms is, you know, the referral donist. And the referodontist is one that basically has gotten to a point where they refer everything out. And that's probably the yeah. best indicator of a great um, component of health for a potential buyer coming in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the watch adonist. The watch adonist. <laughs> yeah, that's the other one. <laughs> that's awesome. So let's talk about that appraisal a little bit more because, um, you know, I think that that's really important because like we said, you know, a lot of doctors will think, you know, I'm producing a million dollars. So my practice is worth at least 800 grand. Um, in that appraisal, you know, do you, do you guys find that it is typically around what a doctor is thinking or, um, you know, are people typically surprised by the results of their appraisal? How does that help them? The whole thing is we really don't know. And anybody says that they do know just by having you know, a conversation with a doctor is, is not guiding them down the right path. So it really takes digging into the information. And typically in most of the processes today, digging into the information happens when, you know, not until a buyer makes a full offer. Mm -hmm. And that creates tensions between the buyer and seller because now all of a sudden it's heavy negotiations and the buyer just wants to drive the price down. And the, the, you know, the only thing that the, seller has to stand on is a broker that said, yeah, we can get this much for you. Um, so by having that third party valuation, it's really what we base our a majority of our process on. It's about the personal relationship that we have you know, with the doctor, but it's also about that, the facts that we had to get to the price. So I wouldn't say that they're surprised one way. Sometimes they're surprised because it's higher than they thought. Sometimes they're surprised because it's lower than they thought. Um, but every practice is unique. Every practice is different. Every, every process is going to be different for every doctor. And the one thing we just like to make sure the doctors know they're always in control and it's always their process. There are some firms out there that actually have a clause within their uh, listing agreement that if they bring a viable buyer and the buyer basically places a full price offer and the doctor chooses not to accept it, they still own their commission. And I think uh, that's, that's happened. That's a complete yeah. disservice. And I always believe that, you know, any step of the process, a doctor gets the choice to make that, hey, I'm not ready to sell. And that's okay because I'll be yeah. here when they are. So if they get the valuation and it's not enough and they can't retire yet, I'm happy to work with them to create milestones 
for you know yeah. two three years to help them determine what the best their best path is. Yeah, that that brings up a great point because people really really need to be careful what they're signing. Um, I've, I've seen doctors do this. They work with, um, there's some reputable companies out there that have some great big names. Um, and they will, I've seen this happen. They'll, they'll put a contract in place that has that clause and they'll bring a buyer to them who maybe the doctor says, you know, this is not the right person for my patients. I don't feel comfortable for, with this. And, you know, I saw someone had to cut a hundred thousand dollar check to that company. Um, so, you know, read, read your contracts. Now, um, if I, if I can kind of force you to narrow some things down, I know that this is a very complex subject. Um, but you know, I'm a big fan of, of the number three. So if you could give us three tips for selling your practice, um, what would those top three important things be? Like I said before, the first one is have the conversation. Let's have the conversation to determine what those other two facts are. And they could be, they're going to be different for every single person that's looking to transition or move out of their practice and move on. And, you know, yeah. it could be, it depends on the size of the practice. It depends on the sellability of the practice. It depends if they already have a buyer in place, mm -hmm. right, as an associate. So the top three things really becomes the top one thing. Let's talk. Yeah. Yeah. Who should they be having that conversation with? Oh, come on, Sarah. <laughs> well, I, hey, I, 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 I know they're I, rep. I, uh, I'd, lo I'd love the opportunity to have the conversation with them. And any conversation that I have with any doctor is absolutely in confidence. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm... So they I should be reaching out to their broker, um, hopefully DDS Match, if you're local to Los Angeles, hopefully Jason. Um and also, you know, having that conversation with your rep and having them direct you to the right person is, is helpful as well. Um, whoever you work for, for distribution, uh, that's a role that we play a lot with our customers. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that that's great, you know. I, I can't express the value of a great rep and how they can help a doctor in so many ways. And this is definitely one of them. And yeah. the thing that you have to be concerned about is they are – they're cautious they, they you know you have to know that this conf if they've come to you it has to be in confidence also because they're trusting you with some pretty valuable information that could harm them from the standpoint of you know their patients finding out or their staff finding out and they're they're very worried about that and i want to you know just let you know that and let you know that i'm i'm somebody that works in absolute confidence yeah probably the most awesome. important part of my job awesome well thanks for coming on today Oh Do man, it's awesome tips? to talk. Do I have what? <laughs> any last tips you want to add to this? Just basically trust your heart. And, you know, basically as you move on through your life and when you're ready, um, know that I feel that I'm somebody, we're, 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 DDS Match is all about the trusted professionals that work together with us. The team we have is phenomenal coast to coast, not just California. I'm the first one on the West Coast and I'm incredibly proud of the team we have. So yeah. a last bit of, of advice is just know, you know, this team has been compiled, you know, compiled because of the level of trust um, that we have in each other and that Thad Miller, who started these processes, has in all of us. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Sarah. And I love what you've done with your podcast and Dental Right Bites is, is definitely an asset to any doctor out there. Thank you. Now
Thank you so much to Jason Owens for coming on the Dental Bright Bites podcast today. Before you go, as always, if you could please share us with a dental friend or better yet, leave a review or comment for us to read. You can always reach out via email as well to let us know if there's anything that you'd like us to talk about. Until the next time. Thank you.